Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the program. Well, uh, Greenville County Schools, they have um, (laughs) they've got a policy of diversity, equity and inclusion. Not only are they teaching diversity, equity, and inclusion to your children, they're also using diversity, equity, and inclusion in the hiring and the promoting of teachers. And I'll I'll give you this example again. If you've got an A-level teacher here, but they're kind of like, hey, let's just do the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. Let's stick to that, educating the kids. And you've got a C-level teacher here that's mediocre, but yet is really big on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Which one of these teachers do you think gets A, hired, and B, promoted? That's right. The mediocre teacher with the, uh, the views on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, the South Carolina Freedom Caucus has uh, sent a letter uh, <laughs> uh, to uh, the Greenville County uh, School Board. Let's talk with their chairman, Adam Morgan, who joins us right now. Adam, welcome to the program. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, hey, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. I, I, you know, I'm reading all of this. And, and now, listen, this is from their website. All, the, all of this diversity, equity, and inclusion oh, stuff, yeah. it's from their website. So they're not hiding this from anything. This isn't happening in the shadows, right? No, not at all. And it's directly related. I mean, we just saw, you know, across college campuses all over the country, this anti-Semitic outpouring yeah. of support for Hamas after they murdered all those, you know, all those Jewish people in their homes. And then you see this counter-protest supporting genocide, supporting anti-colonialism, I mean, just all this, all this junk. Well, where did that come from? I mean, CNN, mm-hmm. CNN had, you know, Fareed Zakaria admit on CNN, well, this is probably a result of the, you know, the abuses and mismanagement of DEI programs. <laughs> so when CNN is realizing it, you would think that Greenville County wouldn't be pushing this racist junk. I mean, because yeah. that's what it is. It's yeah. all rooted in CRT. And, you know, you mentioned the letter that we sent. So we sent this to Superintendent Royster. He's the head of Greenville County Schools. Yeah. And what they did is they announced a five-year DEI implementation plan where they're going to use our tax money to implement the policies and, and tenants of DEI, which are completely interchangeable with CRT. And his words, he says, we must confront and dismantle years of racial injustice that continues to fester in the very institutions that exist to ensure security equity and liberty for all citizens and that was shared on all accounts on the greenville county school district site 
that we are currently have racial injustice festering in, uh, in all of our institutions. Well, guess what? That's CRT. That is yeah. exactly what CRT is. It's look at our institutions from the courts, the jury, you know, the way the juries operate, our, the legislature, the way we pass laws, the school systems, our business, capitalist structure. Look at it. The two-parent home, our religious institutions. Look at them and right. say, well, you know what? These are promoting one race to succeed over another. They need to be dismantled and uprooted and changed and leveled. And guess what enters in, in their place? Communism. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's straight out of this. So, I mean, it's literally, that is what, that's what CRT is, critical theory is from you know, socialist guys and communists who were writing these new philosophies and expanded it. And it's insane that we are implementing this on the back of taxpayers in Greenville County that we have people that are so tone deaf in this leadership who have put, you know, who would put this idea in place. And Charlie, they just hiked our taxes for the school. Right. And hiked, you know, not just the property tax that the, the county council did. They just hiked our taxes for the schools and then announced a five-year DEI implementation program and had a guy do an 150-page presentation and put together this whole thing. And by the way, he's the head DEI officer at Michelin. <laughs> they paid him to come and do all this Perfect. stuff with your tax money. So question, where is our state superintendent? What's her, what's her response to all of this? Well, you know what? We actually, I haven't even talked to Ellen about it because you know what? The truth is this is a local issue. Right. I mean, the, who we need to talk to is every single person listening needs to contact their school board member and say, who in the world have you hired that's running our schools and what are y'all going to do to stamp this out? Don't you, don't waste my tax money on DEI. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely, I, I should forward it to Ellen. Ellen yeah. would be totally behind us because she's trying to fight this at every level at the state level. But this is county controlled it's school board controlled it's superintendent controlled and it's our tax money and i mean it, you know the one thing is this whole equity was oh well we have you know certain minority kids that are struggling we want to give them extra tutoring or or kids that are in a single parent home and we want to get them a big brother program that is not what this is in fact an elementary teacher forwarded me stuff that they're trying to get them to read in their classroom yeah. where they talk to the kids about how we need to make up for you know inequalities that we have and we need you all need to think about how diverse opinions are good and you know you white kids i mean literally this is what they said those of you who are white kids y'all have never experienced living in a place where you're the minority and that's that's unfortunate because you don't have that and you need to you know think about ways in which you're close-minded and on, to elementary students. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like I said, they, they put all the kids of color on one side of the room, all the white kids on, on, on the other side of the room, and they look at the white kids and go, you are the oppressors, and you folks are the oppressed, and they're oppressing you. Now, how does that make a, a little white, young white girl feel in, in middle school? But yeah, and, and they do the same thing with gender, wanting them to talk about gender identity and pronouns. I mean, it's all... It's all the same kind of junk. And, you know, this week a, a video went viral from Libs of TikTok, which probably a lot of people are familiar with. It's yeah. somebody that pulls the crazy videos and posts them. And it, it was from South Carolina, Lexington County. A girl gets up and she just berates her parents. She starts out by saying, you know, I have two parents. They love me. They support me. They've cared for me well. But, you yeah. know, my father today, I want to call out his over, what did she say, one-sided, bigoted beliefs and that he was, has been a detrimental effect on my life, and my teachers encouraged me to speak out. And she's at this school board meeting just just tearing her parents apart, dishonoring them publicly. And she yeah. literally says, my teachers encouraged me to do this. 
and but that's what we're fighting here. That's what this DEI and CRT stuff does. It's like think about your parents' beliefs, their viewpoints, your their political beliefs, and how they're actually bigoted, racist, you know, homophobic, whatever. And that's why it's so important that we that we fight this stuff. This shouldn't be happening on our tax dollars. Shouldn't be you know indoctrinating our kids and turning literally a generation against their parents. I mean, talk yeah. about you think we have societal problems now? Oh, absolutely. Fast this ten twenty years. Oh, absolutely. It's it's for the destruction of the nuclear family. I mean, the more that, yeah. that they can divide the nuclear family, the more that uh, <laughs> the more damage they can cause. And it looks like. They want to cause a, a heck of a lot of damage. That is unbelievable. So, I mean, so you said we should all contact our school board uh, member. Um, good. Do you figure see? Out who, yeah. Figure out who it is. Yeah, and figure then, out who it is. Yeah. There's there's multiple school uh, board members from across Greenville County. There's a couple that are uh, that are very uh, helpful in trying to fight this stuff. There's a lot that don't want to stick their neck out. And the thing is, they just like most things in politics, people need to be encouraged to do the right thing. Yeah. And the only way they're encouraged is if people who are paying attention, who can impact their job, call them out and tell them what they want them to do. So, yeah, you need to figure out who it is and contact them and say right now, look, I heard there's a DEI plan, a five-year implementation plan, wasting my taxpayer money on this. Cut it out. Stop wasting my tax money on that. Get it out of Greenville County and focus on educating my kids, not indoctrinating them. Yeah, exactly right. Representative Adam Morgan, chairman of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus, always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thanks for having me on, <laughs> Take Charlie. care. Bye-bye. Uh, but this is it. I mean, this is like what they want. They're always calling us the fascists. They're always calling us the Nazis. They are literally trying to raise up a generation of Hitler youth in this country who will turn against their parents. Let me tell you something. If I were a parent and my daughter got up in front of that school board meeting they and berated myself and my wife the way that young girl did on, on libs of TikTok, not a single dollar, not a single dollar would I put towards her college education. Not a penny. No, ma'am. Oh, by the way, that car that you're driving that I paid for, I'm taking that back too and selling it. Oh, by the way, that that stereo that I paid for in your room, guess what? That's gone too. Sorry, your life just got exponentially harder because of your actions that were encouraged by your teachers. Call your school board representative, your school board member, Tell them to say no to this diversity, equity, and inclusion junk. Kevin is uh, in Greenville. Kevin, diversity in schools, equity, What do you, what's your thoughts here? Well, Charlie, I work for Greenville County Schools. I'm a teacher. And uh, I can tell you that this is some of this is new to me. Some of this isn't. Um, in fact, we were given instructions last year that we are never, ever to discuss CRT or diversity. Well, they didn't say diversity. They said we right. are never to discuss CRT. And I am a, a history teacher. And we certainly, at least where I am and the, my colleagues, never preach communism. It is 100% free market. But I am no fan of the administration. And I do believe that there is a deep interest in diversity, equity, inclusion, because they ask us about it in every school survey we take. 
were you hired for this? How do you feel about it? And there's nothing we can do about any of that. So I, I would reassure the good people of Greenville that the vast majority of your teachers have no interest in brainwashing these kids or any of this diversity stuff, CRT stuff. We're too dang busy. But I would encourage you to call your school board and remind them that the administration of these schools yeah. works for the people and the school board, not the other way around. Exactly right. Um, there are a lot of a lot of things wrong in Greenville County, but that's uh, that one that particular problem. At least in my experience, I'm not really running into. And I work with some great people that go to church. They're Christians. They look out for these kids, and they are always under attack um, from from both ends. All right, Kevin. That's why next year, yeah, that's why next year I'll be retiring, and uh, I'll be running. <laughs> I'll be running for school board. We'll straight. Good man. Good man. Well, you just keep us informed about that, Kevin. I appreciate it. Got to run here. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do you remember a while back when um, parents were like, now this is pre-COVID, pre-COVID days. This is back. It's going back a few years. And, and parents were like, why are our kids failing in school? Somebody tell me why I'm paying school taxes and our kids are failing in school. Somebody tell. And what was the answer that we got from, you know, the administrators and all the, uh, uh, the, the wise educators out there. Well, you see, the reason that your kids aren't doing well in the school is that uh, we don't have enough parental involvement. You see, studies have shown that students who have more involved parents, parents that are involved in their education, they do better in school. So it's the parents' fault that the kids are failing. That's why it's not our fault. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the administrator's fault. It's, it's the parent's fault. So then along comes COVID. Along comes COVID. And the kids are learning at school and they're on their little laptop or they're on their tablet. And the parent walks by and says, hey, what you, what you studying there, little Sally? Let me take a look at, hey, what is this? What is this you're learning in school? Oh, yeah, that's what that's what they teach. They teach you this in school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently I'm an oppressor and you're a horrible person, Dad. Wow. I had no idea. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get more involved in your school. And then how did the story change? 
we don't need parents being involved in education. We are the professionals. And as professionals, we can make the determination. We're responsible for your children's education. Where's just us? You've got nothing to say about it. You see how that story changed? It's always your fault. It's never their fault. It's never the administrator's fault. It's never the the school board's fault. It's never the Department of Education's fault. It's always your fault. It was your fault then, and it's your fault now. And then remember, when the, the, the National Association of School Boards sent a letter to Alejandro Mayorkas, and they said, Dear Mr. Mayorkas, no, no, I'm sorry. I said, uh, no, um, uh, uh, Merrick Garland. They sent it to Merrick Garland. Dear Merrick Garland, we think parents, because soon parents started standing up. They started saying, hey, I, I don't want all of this gender ideology crap taught in my kid's school. Hey, I don't want these boys going into the girls' bathroom. Hey, my daughter was raped by a guy who identified as a woman. And what did you do about it? You transferred him to another school. And what did he do there? He did it again. So I want some accountability. So some parents, especially up there in Loudoun County, Virginia, we all remember that story. um, They started standing up and and actually um, being vocal at these school board meetings. Well, the National Association of School Boards sent a letter to Merrick Garland, and they wanted parents and parents' groups to be considered domestic terrorist. And do you know what Merrick Garland did? He agreed with them. So this man, and again, this is just another great example of the Biden administration weaponizing everything against good, honest Americans. They put parents groups in the same category with the Ku Klux Klan. They put you there. That's where you were. So you are on a hate map alongside the Ku Klux Klan. That's, I'm not, that's not even hyperbole. That's an actual thing. Because you see, a high-ranking official with the Department of Education under President Biden met with representatives of the Southern Poverty Law Center a year before the center put parent, uh, parental rights groups, including Moms for Liberty, on its hate map alongside chapters of the Ku Klux Klan, according to documents obtained by the Oversight Report. According to the documents obtained by the Heritage Foundation's Oversight Project, um, Deitra Trent, executive director at the White House Initiative on Historically Black Colleges and Universities, met with the Southern Poverty Law Center staff on July 5th of 2022, one year before the SPLC put parental rights groups on its hate map. Yeah. It is shocking to see in writing the evidence that innocent parents were harassed and targeted by their own federal government for exercising their right to free speech and for speaking out during the COVID school shutdowns. That, according to Moms uh, for Liberty co-founder Liberty Justice, uh, told the, the Daily Signal, we have known for some time the Biden administration has made it their mission to attack parents who publicly advocate for their children's education. Attending public school board meetings and voicing concerns about our children's education should not put a target on our backs to be silenced by the federal government. Though the Biden administration would like to believe otherwise, 
Parents are the only people that should get to make decisions on behalf of their children. We are grateful for the Heritage Foundation and standing up on behalf of parents. So this woman, Taylor Emerson, was a confidential assistant to Miguel Cardona, the education secretary. Um, She organized that meeting between the White House and the Southern Poverty Law Center. So there we go. Just, again, another way that the Biden administration is going after honest, hardworking Americans. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Do you remember it was back in, uh, when was this, 2009, 2011, during the Obama administration, they had this thing. Remember, they always tell you that um, that the Obama administration was the only scandal-free administration ever. It was the first administration we ever had. Eight years, not a single scandal. That's a complete and total lie that they tell you all the time. There's, I mean, the Biden, uh, the Obama administration is full of scandal. Not as much as the Biden administration, but full of scandal. So there was this operation called Fast and Furious. So what the ATF did is alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. What they did is they said, they said, well, I wonder, I wonder. Now think about this. Think about the geniuses behind this plan. I wonder... How many illegally bought firearms are actually used in crimes? I wonder how many, how many, hey, Joe, what do you think? How many do you think? I don't know, probably several. I think it's more than that. Uh, Hey, I got an idea. I got an idea. Why don't we allow firearms to be sold illegally and then see whose hands they end up with? In. Let's see if they are actually used in committing any crimes. So they did that, putting American lives at risk. 2,000 firearms were illegally purchased for $1.5 million. This is according to the Department of Justice. Hundreds of guns were later recovered in the United States and Mexico. In 2010, two of the weapons linked to Fast and Furious turned up in, uh, near the scene of the murder of Border Patrol agent Brian Terry in the Arizona desert. So what they effectively did was they armed the cartels in Mexico during Fast and Furious. How many of those American fire? Well, folks, it gets even worse than that. Because now we've got another Fast and Furious going on. And we're not talking about your, we're not talking about AR-15s. We're not talking about AK-47s or 9mm or even 45s. We're talking about belt-fed machine guns, fully automatic. We're talking about rocket launchers and grenades are now ending up in the hands of cartel members in Mexico. That's how I saw a picture. It was, it was, uh, I guess a couple of few, maybe a month ago. They had this picture of this guy, full military unit, but it was more like a special ops type uniform. He was all in black, had body armor, armed to the teeth. And they said, is this United States Special Forces? No, it's a cartel member. The cartels in Mexico are so heavily armed now that they control the entire country. They really do.
And when I was in Yuma, they were telling me there at the border, I said, listen, nobody gets to the border without the cartel's permission. Nobody. You can't go around it because you don't make it if you do. These cartels are making about $4 billion a year, maybe even more than that, probably more than that, with human trafficking. It is a huge business. So you're going to tell, and there was a video just the other day of some of these human smuggler, smugglers taking people through a hole in our border. Well, that's one problem. But now we got the big problem of United States military weaponry ending up in Mexico. Now, I got a question here. How is United States military weaponry ending up in Mexico? I mean, aren't we supposed to have this stuff under lock and key? I mean, well, here we go. I mean, you know, you got the Pentagon who has yet to pass an audit. And in fact, how many trillion, three trillion dollars? They just got, oh no, three trillion dollars. I have no idea where it went. Oh, it was around here somewhere. Yeah, 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 I don't know where it is. It was right there yesterday. It's gone, three trillion dollars. Yeah, we don't know where it is. We promise, promise. And we were sending all of these arms over to Ukraine. And now we are seeing, we have actually had reports that arms that we sent over to Ukraine. Now, remember the Democrats did not want any accountability. They wanted no accounting of where these arms shipments were going to Ukraine. We sent all of these arms, all of this ammunition over there. Machine guns, rocket launchers, grenades, all of this stuff went to Ukraine. They have found some American military equipment in Africa. This stuff is going black market. Anybody shocked? I'm not. Not one little dinkly little bit. And now I believe it's ending up in Mexico with the cartels. And the Mexican Defense Department has warned the United States about weapons entering Mexico that for the ex- that are, uh, are for the exclusive use of the U.S. Army. That according to Foreign Relations Secretary Alicia Barcena, who was quoted by the Associated Press. Marcina said it is very urgent that an investigation into this be carried out. In June, the Mexican army announced that it had seized dozens of rocket launchers, 56 grenade launchers, 221 fully automatic machine guns. The influx of military-grade U.S. weaponry entering Mexico comes as the Biden administration fails to secure the southern border as millions of illegals flood into the U.S., But what is rarely discussed in what seems like an Obama-era operation, Fast and Furious, weapons flooding into Mexico from the United States. Last week at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas, an ATF um, agent from a field office in southern Texas revealed that the agency is very concerned about the flood of 50 caliber rifles and belt-fed machine guns that are illegally entering Mexico. The cross-border firearms trafficking of military-grade U.S. weaponry on the southern border is very concerning. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill shall investigate this worrisome development um, to ensure the Biden administration does not repeat. Oh, forget that. They have already have. They already have repeated it. They are arming the cartels. Why? Who is? Don't you think that every piece of military equipment 
should have some sort of proof of possession, some chain of possession? Don't you think that every piece of military equipment, oh, oh, look at the serial number on this. Well, this was manufactured here, and it was shipped by this person and this company, and where did it go? Where did any of this go? It's all going to Mexico to arm these cartels. Now, folks, let me tell you something. Of all the people in the world that you do not want to have fully automatic 50 caliber machine guns, who you do not want to have rocket launchers and grenade launchers, That's the Mexican cartel. You want to talk about a terrorist organization? That's a big one. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Well, every now and then... Folks in the uh, legacy media media actually do some real investigative journalism. I'm <laughs> just kidding. They don't. They never do it. They never do. They do stupid stuff. In fact, the New York Times has now come out. Uh, this, they literally had this on their website. This was literally on their website. New York Times. There is a, uh, here's what it is. It says, where Southerners go to fill the tank and feed the family. Here's what it says. Are they gas stations that serve food or restaurants that pump gas? A new photography book explores the lure of these restorative community rest stops. This, <laughs> like this is something, oh, we, New York Times, hey, hey, you're not going to believe. Listen, listen to this. I got this cousin down here. He's in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know what he's doing down here. It's crazy. Right? It's crazy down here. But listen here. My cousin says you can go to a gas station and get something to eat. Yeah, you can just sit right there, eat right there in the gas station. No, no, I'm not talking about, you know, you who's or anything like that. I'm talking about they serve you food right there in the gas. You can get so you can get fried chicken over there, you can get pizza, you can get hot dogs and sausages. It's the craziest thing you ever seen. Wait, is this something new? I I grew up with this. I mean, we all did. We all grew up with this stuff. There was always a place where you could get gas and something to eat. Man, some of the, oh, what is it? A Sphinx? And I'm remiss. I'm remiss. I feel bad about this. I really do. But I've never tried Sphinx fried chicken. But I hear it's phenomenal. You can go into Sphinx, you can get something to eat. You can go into QT, you can get something to eat. You can go into, um, of course, Bucky's. Bucky's, you can go get something to eat. I mean, they've got, what What have they got? The um, They got that that pulled pork that's just supposed to be just out of this world. The beaver right? nuggets. The be- Oh, yeah, those are good. Those are really good. That's This whole thing surprises me because it's, this is literally where most of my meals come from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite what's your favorite quote unquote gas station to go eat at? Oh my goodness. Right now, probably just based on proximity and what I like. I like the QT hot dogs a lot. Yeah. That's probably just with where I'm at. Spinks, you were talking about them and they have really stepped up their food game. Yeah. I remember back there was a day where 
I wouldn't really consider Spinks uh, on the same kind of uh, caliber yeah. as like a QT or, man, even some of that 7 I've got a 7-Eleven pizza sitting in my fridge right, right. now. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know 7-Eleven had pizza, but there oh, you yeah. go. Yeah, and then you know what I miss? And, and Dodges. Don't know what that is. Oh, Dodge's Chicken Store was. That was the play. I think they still have one in Easley. Could you get gas? You could get gas. You could. Really? I mean, Dodge's, uh, Dodge's was truly a magical place, let me tell you. I don't know. Check that. Uh, but it's not in, it yeah, doesn't exist anymore, I, right? I, I literally fell in love in the parking lot of the uh, Taylor's Dodge's. So is that like a local chain? I think so. Yeah, because yeah, because it's like one of those like Dodge's store number three or number four, um, and I think, like I said, I think the one out in Easley is still around, but I think they closed all the rest of them yeah. down, and it was a sad day because they had JoJo's, they had deep fried corn on the cob, they had, I mean, it was literally just eat the, the pizza sticks. Oh, pizza sticks is it's a whole this is an amazing technology that I mean, the the, the <laughs> gas stations that still do this, like, come on, where is it at? I need pizza sticks in my life. I miss them. <laughs> Somebody's talking about Aunt M's. I don't know what that is. And the chicken livers that they have there. I that sounds familiar. And I'm wondering if that's out towards like because a lot of my kinfolk are right. from like Dacusville Way, and I'm thinking that's kind of that easily Pickens areas where I'd seen that. Yeah, I love I love chicken livers. By the way, I think they're fantastic. I have always been too scared to try them. Oh, oh, do do. Do try them. They're one, fantastic. One day I need to do frog legs and chicken livers because yeah. those are those are the two. I'm, I'm like a garbage disposal in a lot of ways, yeah. but those are the two that it just something about legs and. I've had both of those. I've had the uh, the the I, frog legs are okay, but I mean I, I've had them just to say I've had them, but it's right. not one that like I gotta have me some frog legs. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm just craving now crawdads. I crave. On occasion. The crawdads, I've never had crawdads really like good. fresh, uh, but I want to. Really, really good. Uh, a lot of people saying uh, Aunt M Dodges is very good. Somebody said that Sphinx is better than their grandmas. How about that? Somebody like I said, said they've, they've stepped up their game. I guess so. I guess so. But, I mean, you go by and, I mean, you, you see the signs. and all, But this is the thing. I mean, I, I get surprised when the New York Times come along and go, is this even real? Is this even real? This People is what I grew up with. Right. You we know what? The, did. This is the enterprise that the North needs. You know, this yeah. this would set the North straight as if we started getting them gas stations that sold food. They would understand. Like, they would have. They would know. Uh, they. I feel like they would just have a little bit more intelligence. I think that's yeah. where I think that's where a lot of the southern, uh, you know, this is where our uh, kind of DIY and um, oh, it's it's uh, gumption comes from. Charlie Dodgers has pressure fried chicken. I what was it? Broast? Have you? There was some chain uh, in Columbia. I don't know if they're here. It might be. I don't know who it, who did it, but they had some broasted chicken. And that was supposed to be really good. What is broast? I, I have no idea. I don't know. It's kind of like a term that they came up with for their process, but it's supposed oh, to be Oh, really it's good. baked and roasted. Broasted. Yeah, I guess well, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Charlie, the BP gas station on Highway 86 in Piedmont has the best hot dogs ever. 
Charlie Dodges Fried Chicken, yes, sir. Still one in North Myrtle Beach, gas and chicken good. But it's amazing that the folks at the New York Times are just now discovering That's, this, ladies and gentlemen. Honestly, I don't get upset by a lot. <laughs> that upsets me. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Zesto's, West Columbia. I used to go to the Zesto's all the time. Um, Charlie, who has cornbread? Good question. Charlie, love Hunt's Brothers Pizza at my local station. There you go. Lots of good stuff out there. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.